Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi guys, this week on the podcast, Brett Rosebury, games record holder as an umpire, joins us on Back Chat. He's made some huge decisions in his career, none bigger than Dom Sheed from the boundary. I pick his brains on that one, and he also gave me three weeks. Well, it was the man who reported me for an incident that got three weeks against Clayton Oliver, the feathering elbow. We get all through it all uh, day long with Brett Rosebury. Get your action over at Backchat Studios on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram for some nice little reels and tell your friends about what we're doing here. Enjoy. Well, here we go. Brett Rosebury joins us, ladies and gentlemen, in the new studio. Daniel, are you yeah, excited? I'm very excited. Brett, are you excited? Very excited. <laughs> no, nice new jigs. Very yeah, good. Like what you've guest. done. First guest. Thank so you. welcome. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Brett Rosebury, the goat. I would, mm. I would say the goat of umpiring. It's not often that you can comfortably like roll with the goat. It's a lot of debate <laughs> around goat status on athletes and stuff. I've given it. We've definitely given it. Brett right. Rosebury, most games umpired in the history of the game. We know Oof. you can do that. Um, I know you may be a fan of back chat if you're not. Uh, here on Backchat Powered by Fleet Network in season 2024. We asked this, the first question is the same to every guest. So we know you've umpired the most <laughs> games in the history of the game. We know that you're the second <clears throat> most capped grand final umpire in the history. Been umpiring for a long time. There's players right now that you umpire their dads. We know that. <laughs> okay. You can umpire. We want to know your greatest sporting achievement. And because you're an umpire, I'll give you open slather. Usually it's not in your chosen field. So are we letting I, AFL like well? Aussie rules? I, if he if he tells me he won like you know the under sixteen Brownlow medal back in the day, I'd you'd pay that, wouldn't you? Because he's an yeah. umpire. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your greatest sporting achievement, Brett? What is it? Greatest sporting achievement? Maybe. Uh, it can be. It can be no, rogue. It it's be, uh, it'd yeah. be it'd be little athletics days. Yes, great. Oh, okay. um, he understands. He understands. So I did win a bronze medal in a four by four hundred relay, probably under 15, <laughs> yeah. at Perry Lakes back in the day. Wow. Um, and since then, I'm actually in the Little Athletics Hall of Fame. What? For? For my umpiring achievements. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, honour all uh, former Little Athletes. Uh, 
Lille Athletics. Uh, people that have gone on to do things outside of Lille Athletics. Is that a national award? Yeah, you're not in it. What the fuck That's I crazy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> my, my, my little ass was my. There's a big, was gala, a big gala dinner every year. You're not in it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Look at him. He's, like, he's, he's so chuffed. <laughs> Just remember, you're an umpire and I'm a yeah, player right. here. Uh, also, so we haven't Perry, had a good relationship over the years. The Perry Lakes. Um, that would have been like the heyday of Perry Lake Stadium, right? Where all the the um, little athletics went on. Now it's a bit. Bit crap. Perth no. Commonwealth Games probably would have been like the heyday. Like <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, I think the highlight of Parallax was really that KFC van up on the hill, really, that was there over the <laughs> years. <there>? Yeah. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> so you're a WA boy, uh, born here, born and raised here. Yeah, yep. Um, what's life growing up like for Brett? Is it is it uh, sporty? Are you from a sporting family? Yeah, yep. Um, big sporting family, um, but grew up in Armidale, so. Cut my teeth down there and stole my first car and uh, <laughs> stole people's bikes down there. No, just jokes. Um, shout out Armadale. Yeah, yeah, shout out to all my, my, my yeah. brothers and sisters in <laughs> Armadale. No, it was a great place. We had lots of fun. But, yeah, it was always a footy or a basketball in my hand with my mates. And after school every day, we'd be down the park kicking goals or pretending we were Tony Lockett or Gary <laughs> Ablett snapping shots from, from in the pocket. Um, so, yeah, it was a – you know, great childhood down there, uh, a bit of fun. My mum played soccer for Australia and the state a lot, so she was a big sporting person back then. So, yeah, sort of um, when I was born, she was sort of was finishing that up a little bit a few years later. But, yeah, my mum, big sporting background. But, yeah. She played for Australia. Yeah, back in the day before the Matildas were, were really anything. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So there's two people here with Australian connections. Dan. That's true. Just made the Australian team for fistball mm. playing Congrats. against New Thanks, Zealand. Thanks, mate. I know you know a lot about fistball, yeah. so that, that means a lot coming from you. Google so. it up. <laughs> it's, it's not about uh, us though today. No, it? it's not. No, so we can talk about that another time. Uh, do you play footy growing up? Yeah, what? I played. Uh, started playing soccer actually. So I grew up obviously soccer family and played soccer, and then about under thirteens changed to AFL. Yeah. Um, took up that and just used to. Love that. All my mates at school were playing footy, so that was the main reason I started playing school footy and then club footy and just used to run around and abuse the shit out of the umpires all day, to be honest. <laughs> like, uh, So all my mates just laughed when I took up umpiring. Um, but was that true, in school? Yes, at school and um, took it up, rang the local umpire's boss after a game in the area and I said, oh, how do I get involved because you guys are shit. <laughs> uh, so I was probably a little cocky little kid of that you know a bit of confidence and maybe you need that to survive uh afl umpiring world and but yeah i sort of did an under 10s game the following week he was like come on down we're always looking for smart asses like yourself and uh <laughs> really went down there remember vividly uh under 10s game at gwim park on a sunday morning 8 a.m got paid me 25 dollars cash after the game it's pretty good money yeah, yeah back then money. back then yeah it was great money and sort of loved it and kept playing up until under 17s and just umpired on the off day. And then eventually got invited uh, to go down to a WAFL talent squad, young umpires that were identified as a 16-year-old. And they said we wanted to come down with his talent squad and go umpire Waffle Colts footy. Mm. And I was like, yeah, cool. A few of my mates just gone to Perth Colts or South Fremantle Colts. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get to umpire my mates. That would be pretty cool in the Waffle. Um, and they said, yeah. Come down, but you have to give up playing because you're an idiot on the field. We can't have you being <laughs> an umpire at the waffle well, and still playing. A bit of white line fever. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah was, I don't know something about me. I just got out there. And <laughs> wasn't like fighting and that, but it just would be 
just annoying. Just staring shit. Yes. I'd start something then run off probably more so. <laughs> it was my, my go. So at, at this point, having umpired the most AFL games <laughs> in history, do you understand the shit stirrers then? Do you, can you yeah. see? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Like Scott Campriali was like one of the best and like, you know, that's going back a bit, but his dad was an umpire. So I sort of understood him, huh. you know, the way that he used to run around. And he's always in good natured, but he'd be chirping the whole day. Um, the game has changed a lot, not so much that anymore. Um, and microphones have come in. It's changed the nature of the banter between us and, and the players. Um, you know, go back to the early days and Wayne Carey would be giving you a feedback and 19-year-old Brett gave him just as much feedback back, to be honest. Right. Like that's the nature of what it was back then. So it's cleaned up a lot, um, I think, for the best. And, yeah. Um, a lot more healthy mutual respect between the players and umpires. You started in 2000, so yeah. that, I, I'm just looking at that. I was like, that is a long time ago. <laughs> so, you know, that's a quarter of a century ago, <laughs> almost. Uh, do, do you think, yeah, I know times have moved on, but there was clearly a difference in how people interacted back yeah. then. So yeah. it was just a different game <laughs> on all aspects, I suppose. Yeah, people were harder back then. Not so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. Not so soft these days, but... Um, Oh, look, it's just I think the whole professionalism of the code also improved and evolved and, and we became more professional um, in our role and stuff like that. And Players did too, right? And, yeah. so, and social media came in mm. and then ultimately, you know, the whole AFL became this national brand that everything that happened on the AFL field filters down to junior regions. So that's why a lot of the stuff needed to be cleaned up between the respect between players and umpires and and making it look like it was a much better place we're at today. You must have been somewhat of a natural. You umpired in the waffle as an 18-year-old and <clears throat> grand final that first year. Yeah. Like so, that's, a, that's a decent progression. That's like debuting and then mm, playing it you know, mm, for a player, right? Yeah, I was – so I was 16 when I went down to that waffle um, academy and started umpiring Colts footy at 17, I think, 16 or 17. And But we'd go to the country on the Sunday. So we'd umpire – Drive from Armadale to Joondal up at eight thirty in the morning for a kickoff, wow. and then Sunday we'd drive, we'd get picked up, three umpires picked up, dropped at uh, Williams, Narragin, and Wagen, and we'd go and umpire country footy as seventeen-year-old kids. But we were the waffle umpires coming to the country town and umpiring a local umpire. So we'd get dropped off, one umpire in each town. You'd umpire with a local umpire, and you'd umpire the senior men's country footy at Wagen or Cooker and Dumble Young. Or, wow. So that's where you really learn to umpire and manage games of footy. Um, and then by the time the car came back and picked you up, you were pissed because they're <laughs> taking you to the club rooms after and you've been <laughs> drinking with the local, the home team. And if you were the first stop, you're always uh, the drunkest by the time the car got back to you. So there was many of a uh, long road trips back on it. But yeah, like the, the, it sounds great. the fondest memories, like seriously, like – Dean and I did these trips many a times. Um, you know, we've had to run for the cars at different stages where a few of the locals started to come and have a, a fight and dispute a matter, settle a dispute from the night before on the field. So, well, like, as a young you as know. a young umpire, you would have seen some, you would have seen some <coughs> fights. You would have yeah. seen like is yeah, it- like tough, like super tough footy, like quality footy back mm. then too in the country. Uh, and then the other thing that really I think helped my development was I went and umpired an off-season. So Waffle finished and I went to Darwin and umpired a season in Darwin. 
and I had 18 reports in one season. <laughs> wow. And that wasn't because I lost control and that wasn't, uh, you know, so it was tough footy and I was 18 and went up there with two other waffle umpires and looked at it as a bit of a six-month sabbatical. So maybe I matured like as a young person pretty quickly because of a couple of these all umpiring experiences. Yeah. Lived, you know, moved out of home, went to Darwin, lived up there for six months and then came back to Perth straight into the next waffle season. Yes. And then did the grand waffle grand final and then got an AFL trial and then got on the AFL straight away. Um, yeah. So, like, there's no doubt I wasn't expected to get on that mm. AFL trial. I was 19. Yeah. And the Geish and Rowan Saws at the time gave me an opportunity. And I actually took it with both hands or I umpired pretty well in the – and, again, this is how old I am. I umpired the ANSET Cup. Oh well, nice. <laughs> the defunct airline. The, the you know no longer answer. <laughs> That's great. So uh, <laughs> there'll be many references today. We can realise how old I am. What's um What's a harder crowd to um, umpire in front of the country local crowd or like a hundred thousand at the G crowd? Mm. Oh, probably you know back then that was probably the hardest crowd. You know, intimidating for a seventeen year old to yeah. go out there and umpire the senior men's footy and. You know, Narragin versus Towns local derby. In, uh, you, you don't get security off the ground. In, no, no, no. Yeah. There's not no lock on the umpire's then. room. Yeah. Yeah, he's hoping that your bag hasn't been stolen <laughs> in, in the umpire's rooms back then in the day. But, uh, yeah, so, look, that would have been intimidating back then. And, um, you know, but umpiring a waffle leg game would have been just as intimidating. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I went back to Lathlane Park today and umpired an Eagles training session. You know, I've not been back to Lathlane Park in 25 years. So, you know, since I last umpired there. But, um, yeah, to be honest, the hardest place I've ever umpired was the prelim final last year, Collingwood GWS. Uh, really? 100,000 100, at the G, 99,000 Collingwood supporters. <laughs> and the most intense experience I've ever experienced as an umpire. Is like, that right? Yeah, I wish I could take people inside, out into the middle of the ground to what what it was like, the noise, the intensity, the pressure that's coming the whole game, let alone the contest. Yeah. Let alone the contest and how tough and amazing the game was. Everything else around it that just uh, came our way was like nothing I'd experienced. And here I was just 500 games in. Like it's remarkable AFL footy how it can challenge you. I always find that interesting from an umpire's point of view. So players when they get to the end of their career <laughs> – They've seen what they've seen, but mm. you know, for me, West Coast only crowds with you know Collingwood, whoever, you get to see everything and yeah. the and the big games and the grand finals, and you see, you know, Collingwood Carlton, but you also see you know Essendon Melbourne and then a, a Sydney um, GWS game, like everything. So to hear that Collingwood GWS was the loudest, like that's mm. yeah. surprising. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, no doubt. Wow, no doubt the loudest, bigger than any other game. Why do you think that was? Because you've you've umpired you've umpired yeah. um, nine grand finals. Yeah, but grand final days always a bit of corporate career. Mm. So prelim final is always the greatest atmosphere, greatest intensity. Maybe Anzac Day if it's a close game. Yes, but prelim finals generally are always the most pressure, greatest expectation on everyone, and mm. and it's the two home teams. There's no corporates really there. Yeah, that are all there for grand final days. So prelims have always been like that, mm. but having ninety eight thousand. Yes. In one team. Yes. Generally, it's if it's Collingwood Richmond, it's split 45 45, right? So 50 50, you know. So 
And it was a cracking game too. Wasn't cracking, it? cracking game. Yeah. You know, like you could not hear the boundary umpire's whistle the whole day. You're forever looking like everything about it was just crazy. Uh, is there any point where, when you're umpiring, you're able to sort of look at the look at it as as a great game? Mm. You're like, because again, I'm yeah. going to keep referring to play umpire. Yeah. Like you're playing, mm. there's not a lot yeah. of time to sort of sit there and go, "Gee, this is a good game." For no. you, you're trying to make decisions, you're trying to manage yeah. the game. For players, trying to you know beat their man, whatever it is. Yeah. Do you get much where you nah. like get to like bird's eye? A not, bit? not so much. You can appreciate moments. You go, mm. oh, that was an amazing goal, or how good was that mark? If you're out of the play, you can see someone jump on someone's head, and or you can, if you're behind the kick and it goes through for a goal, you can appreciate moments. Yes. Um, or if a team's got a run on, you can you can appreciate that, and you can you can understand like a momentum has swung here, and all the game intensity has gone up. We yep. can feel that, mm. but. Um, is it a great game? Sometimes we get to quarter time. We're like, is this a good game? Well, you know, or <laughs> you know, then someone will press on and be like, oh, cracking game, cracking contest. Like, oh, okay, you know, like yeah. we weren't sure. You know, like you're just yes. so in the moment, umpiring and concentrating. Most of the time, like everything is just background noise and a bit of a blur in mm. in some regards. Like if if you're not concentrating and you, you know this, like yes. when you're in the forward line and. You know, you're getting the ice cubes at the back of the head, or if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you want to hear every comment from the cheer squad, yes, you will hear it. Yeah, but that means you're not in the game, yeah. and you're, you're probably going to have three, probably four kicked on you or something Four's like that. Probably nice good, way good to day, for it. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably kicked eight on me in the first game. That was probably a bad day. But yeah, you know, so if you want to hear those comments, you'll hear them, but mm. you'll literally have a shocking day. Um, some people might say. I'm always hearing them because I'm having a shocking day. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's, yeah. That's but generally we're always in that moment, umpiring, yeah. contest to contest. We're instinctive. So we're a bit robotic. Mm. At times we might look robotic because that's the nature of how we decision make. Either we've made it or we haven't. And then our mate might save us if we've made the wrong call. Yeah. You know, that kind of scenario. What about for individual performances? Like you can't tell if it's a good game, but can you go, <laughs> man, that guy is just killing it today? Yeah, like, you know, obviously we still do the Brownlow and, that you know, that's yeah. something we take really seriously. And, it, you know, at times it's easy easy, and then other days it can be difficult where you're like, we've really got a three or four field umpires in that room after the game, go through that team sheet and process of elimination and, and, and bring it back to who had the biggest influence on the game when it mattered the most. And, you know, things have, and things have evolved, you know. Two or three goals now is quite big in today's game. Four, three or four goals can be a big influence. Yeah, is where you know ten goals used to be the the standard yeah. for a big influence as a as a, as a goal kicker. So, um, yeah, it's it's at times it's easy to know who's playing very well, especially where there are stoppages and you're seeing Chris Judd take possession and break that contest every single stoppage. <laughs> well, you know he's having a good day, and if Gary Ablett's the same. You know, getting leather poisoning and stuff like that. So. It's at times it's probably more the defenders that we may not know how yeah, many intercept, intercept, absolutely right. intercept, <laughs> intercept marks, yeah, underappreciated, all those you know spoils they've done, or <laughs> you know <laughs> triple kicks the boundary line yeah. so they haven't gone out in, insufficient intent. You know? I'll, I'll, yeah, correct. You like playing those ones. Um, <laughs> I would ask how many games could be won without a backline. I probably would ask that. Um, you could win it without a midfield because the backline would still stop it. But you couldn't, couldn't do it without backline anyway. I'm <laughs> off track. Right. So post game, then how how far after a game are you sitting down to give Brownlow votes? And yeah. so you, you clearly have to assess the game mm. at the back end, right? Yeah. So within that half an hour, that half an hour once we've gone in there, 
we we go together, go in a private space. Um, Separately? No, th- the, four, yeah. the field umpires all come together. Yeah. And we just, you know, ultimately, usually the senior person will let everyone else speak first because you don't want to, you know. Influence anyone. Influence yeah. them or bully them into, yeah. into someone. But, uh, yeah, really just give everyone a voice and go through that team sheet. And, and ultimately we pick out about, I reckon six six players. Mm. Generally, usually how it starts is that we'll have about six players, um, and then we've unfortunately got to filter it down to three, and that's why you're always been a notable, you know, mention yeah. for that fourth <laughs> boat that wasn't there. I was going to ask if there was anything like that. Yeah, so we would love to split a vote or honourable mention to players quite often. But a couple of ones. A couple like, of ones. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't have that luxury, unfortunately. Should, they gave them six and they could just split it up, like yeah. six yeah. ones. Six That'd ones. Right. I'm sure that's, what channel, that's what Channel 9 get to do on the footy show. True. That's true. Give everyone six votes. That's pretty easy, sitting true. on the fence. I don't so, know if players would be stoked with an honourable mention. Imagine no. like they read up three to one and honourable mention Will Schofield. You'd be like, well, I would have, to be honest. I'm <laughs> yeah. happy with that. Because I, I got one Brownlow vote in my Did you? Career. Did I give it to you? So I checked. Uh, okay. Look, it wasn't hard to find because it was just one game and another <laughs> game. And um, I, I actually picked the wrong game and it was versus Carlton. And I knew what year it was and I picked one of the Carlton games and you were the umpire in oh. the other Carlton oh, game. okay. Uh, but I didn't get votes in that one. No, you... you, you Did yeah. you deserve a vote or you should have got two that day? Look, that's that's actually a good question. Um, I, I had 16 and kicked one from a back flank. Like, is that... Oh, not bad. Like, is that... 16-1? I, I, I had seven bounces. That would have brought the attention yeah. in. That's Lewis Jetta style. Yes. Not as quick as Jets. He can't get the ball as far as, <laughs> as well either. But, yeah. It's Intercept just, marks or spoils? Probably not, mate. Or no, probably just, not. Okay. Just a just – just no, Like, 194 for one game for a Brownlow vote. Like, I think that's – you know, I was very, very, very close to falling into the no votes over a long period of time. That's There's right. about five yeah. players Is in that, that realm. Okay. Nick Smith being one of those okay. from Sydney, Dow defender. Player, yeah. Yes, no Brownlow vote. So I did get Stiff. one time out of that group. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to you. Uh, <laughs> enough from me. So your debut in 2000, uh, V St Kilda, Frio V St Kilda, Subi. Yep. So it's a home game, Western Australia for you. Yeah. Did you have family and friends there? Yeah. Do you remember the day? Yeah, I remember it. I mean, yeah. uh, it was pretty... Big Pretty moment. big day, big moment. You know, uh, 19-year-old, just turned 20, keep year old kid going out there. Um, and I was wearing number eight, so pe- took over that number from Peter Carey. Did you? Who had retired. So when I got presented that shirt, it was uh, giving you number eight, but never marked the footy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because was it the year before he marked it? Was it 99 that yeah, he marked the ball? Yeah, uh, su- it was it Fremantle, yeah. St Kilda too. Yeah, it was too. Oh, wow. So, uh, wow. So, yeah, so that was maybe a bit of an irony. But, so you've uh, had number eight your whole career. You, haven't, you didn't want to upgrade from eight. Eight's pretty good. Eight's a pretty good. It's pretty lucky in some way. Yeah. yeah. It's been a pretty good number. You know, Pete, Peter Carey was a legend of the game at yeah. that stage and grand final umpire and one of these uh, – Legends that umpired through the eighties and into the nineties. Do you like. get a? Do you, is it like a handover? Like it? You know. Yeah, like we do that pretty well with. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, not sure we've got too many umpires coming back to present. Now we've gone to into the forties and stuff like that. But yes. <laughs> did did they let you bounce with your first bounce? Yeah, so I took the first bounce. Is that a thing? Um, like the umpires? I, to do it, it sort of was. Mm. Not so much these days. It's it's an option if 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 the umpire wants it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, how do you decide who gets the first bounce? Generally, it's uh, who's who's the safest bet. <laughs> who's, the, right. who's the who's the best bouncer? Or there's some guys that love it, right? There's some guys who are like, 
give me that bounce every. They would take every one if they could. How did you bounce it first up? Yeah, it was it was a good one. Was so, it? Yeah, yeah it was loves it. Per- perfect one. So, <laughs> think, yeah, so that must be that, that must be somewhat nerve wracking. That's a big moment, first game. Yeah, it would have been no doubt. Would have been nervous, you know, which a bit crazy in some regards that you know you're so stressed about bouncing a football. I saw you're in the you're on the bench for the demolition derby that year. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, your emergency umpire. Yeah. So did you have to go running out there to try and split some up? Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, me and my parachute tracksuit pants <laughs> yeah. uh, running out to uh, the, the, uh, the Subiaco end of uh, Subiaco Oval when there was Matthew Pavlich and Gardner going toe-to-toe. <laughs> yes. Little old me wandering out there saying, break it up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Are you in the footage? There must be footage of you. Is that going, you in there? Yeah, guys, guys. Oh, really? yeah, yeah. There, there's good footage of that game. I, I, I think I ran out into the ground over 20 times that day. It's wow. like the busiest emergency umpire in history. How wow. often would it usually happen as an emergency? Oh, I would have gone out maybe once a game if that, you know. But <laughs> that, that day, goal square before the game started, game started. So you're ultimately out there to let the umpires just get on with the game and ultimately – match manage or babysit <laughs> and just sort of stand there and um, see what happens. And really if they punch someone, then you do it, you report them, but that's it. At those days you had no power as the emergency to do anything. Uh, and then looked up and the other end of the ground was the Dale Kickett and Phil Reed <laughs> on the ground wrestling, probably one of ten wrestles for the day on, yes. on the ground. And there's some proper punch-ons. It wasn't just and a wrestle. I it was ran all that way down there. Um and just those two just went at each other the whole day. It was un- unbelievable. And then not, you, you've seen this footage because it gets played that game yeah, three or four times a year. Yeah, it's folklore. You know, not just leading into the derby. But Stephen Hanley was the umpire and Phil Matera absolutely shit-mixed him. He was running back as the end zone into the corridor. Phil Matera was on a big, long lead-up, about to be hit up and mark. And Stephen Hanley, backed, the umpire, backed into his path. And he absolutely got crunched. Get the vision of it. It's wow. It is unbelievable. I don't know how he got up. He literally broke his neck. Like his neck went in different places. Gee. He got up and came running to the bench and he's like signaling to me on the bench, I need your shirt. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's got blood all over his shirt from the collision. His blood? Or- no, Matera's <laughs> uh, wow. blood that's gone all over him. Anyway, so there I went. <laughs> At this stage, I was a 19-year-old skinny kid on the Boundary at Subiaco Oval. I've had to take off my shirt in front of the whole crowd, skinless, <laughs> topless at Subiaco Oval. People would have been giving it oh, to you. I have weighed all about 64 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave him my shirt and my shirt went out there and umpired its first Western Derby. Wow. So, you That's know, a I, good story. And I quickly went into the bunker and put on a jacket. That's all. Yeah, back, yeah, back go to the tracksuit pants yeah. on. Yeah. Crazy, crazy day. So – I mean, you've, you've umpired some big moments and there's one in particular we will get to um, that I do want to talk about in detail. Um, but in terms of um, like a like a vicious crowd, like those derby crowds, but I, I was a Geelong supporter and I know you umpired when Milburn hit Silvani. Oh, yeah. Wow. And Milburn was my favourite player. He's, yeah. Well, you know, was because I've got different players now, but like at the time he was my favourite player. Yeah. Dower defender, number 39. Yeah. And he cleaned Tough. out. The favourite son of Carlton, Stephen Silvani. Were you were you controlling? Uh, I wasn't, but in those days you're all pretty close, right. and you could almost see it unfold. It was late in the game. I think the game game was over. There was it was not really yeah. a contest. Um, 
and last game of the season and Darren Milburn, Stephen Silvani was going for a mark and Darren Milburn just jumped up and literally just took him killed out him. like and killed Bambi yes. at Princess Park with 24,000 irate Carlton supporters. And it wasn't long. You know, it was a big delay obviously because I think he got stretched yeah. and uh, so big delay and that's you could just sense that the crowd, the tone changed and it was just like anger and probably, you know, it was like, are they going to jump the fence here and come for Milburn? Or it was a bit more of a car park scene post-game. So I got into the rooms after the game and the umpires' rooms in those days were down the old race and Carlton and, sorry, the Geelong and the umpires' rooms were near each other. And um, right. it was, oh, the amount of security to usher the Geelong players to the car park or to the bus. and uh, People were waiting out the front. Waiting out the front. Like they were rattling the cage, you know. Really? They were angry. Have you had so much? There's, there's a bug, little... bug there. Go on, go on, go on. I get it? No, no, there it is. Look at the skills on the man. No, not sure. <laughs> Sorry, you scared him. Sorry. No, yeah. does, it, does it, like, I know yeah. scenes like that, you're not knocking anyone out, but do, from from an umpire's point of view, through, through the years, has there been times where <clears throat> there's been security issues yeah. or like where there's crowds that are? Yeah, I, I've never felt it. Like during a game, like I've never felt it. Like no. you can, like the crowd boo and they carry on. Um, a lot of it's theatre. Hopefully, it's not too personal. Who knows? Um, never really felt like I was. At, I've been at risk or anything like that. Got one death threat, um, but that was just social media. Um, that's not ideal. Not not ideal. That's not good at all. No. So I was umpiring a <coughs> Sydney Carlton game. And uh, got a death threat through through that, um, but AFL is pretty good in that space. The integrity department and the police take all that stuff very serious, and they arrested the guy. Did they? Yeah, they arrested the guy. Um, That's your shoe. Can't you can't go around saying to kill people? Yeah. So you know, ultimately we had to go in and make a police statement and stuff like that. And I and ultimately I just said, look, I don't want to press charges, but just ultimately make him give him a, a scare, you know, so they ultimately went and arrested him, put him in the wagon, mm. took him to the uh, – It's pretty crazy how, 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 you know, it's the ultimate, like, passion. Mm. It's just sport yeah. and it's just footy and then people yeah. just lose their minds a little bit. Yeah, you know, Friday night, sitting at home, probably had too many beers and just uh, mm. probably gambling too much on the game and, you know, one decision here or there. And to be honest, I'm not even sure I'd paid a decision that day that was, you know, I think it was just – the vibe that he was not happy with maybe from previous weeks. So, yeah, um, probably got more of a clip clip over the year from his missus when he got home and <laughs> embarrassed him that way, to be honest. But, yeah, look, I've been really fortunate, like, that anyone that meets me, um, unfortunately, sort of semi-likes you or they're like, geez, I hate, hate that I've met you because now, I like, when I watch football, I'm watching, is that Brett umpiring or is oh, I'm at a game and I see you umpiring and, I end up watching you run around. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I watching the umpire? <laughs> but I have that effect on people. Once you once you meet me, you, your perception of umpires can change a little bit, which is interesting. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's too dissimilar to those players that you mm. love to hate, right? Like, and I, and I think of probably for me at some point during my career, but like a Ballantyne in Fremantle in this state, right? <laughs> yeah. People, West Coast fans hate him. And mm. I know Bell as well, been on this podcast, <clears throat> great bloke. And when you meet him, yeah. Like, you're a really good bloke and you understand, you know, well, for him, it's the, you know, not white line fever so much, but he loved winning. And so that 
that angst that was brought on the field yeah. was just a competitive nature. Yeah. For umpires, like, it's a little different. Yeah, like they see Hayden, Hayden would have, you know, used to do a few little things maybe <laughs> to annoy people. It sounds like you were a, t- a Ballantyne-type operator, though, on the field as a, as a player. Well, yeah, but you'd look at the footy fixture and you'd see Fremantle-Geelong <laughs> and you'd be like, I do not want that game. That is Matty Scarlett yes. and Hayden Ballantyne <laughs> and you'd be like – Bit of a tight calf this week if I got that game. Definitely don't want that game. <laughs> I mean, how, how do you how do you umpire those sorts of games when you've got a, a pest like that? Yeah. Are you because it must be hard not to be watching them to do something. Yeah. So you probably just get to the point where you just go, okay, I'm I'm not even going to warn those kind of players today. I'm just zero zero tolerance because the best way to manage them is paying free kick because they will right. if they see you managing them, they'll just keep pushing it and they'll know ah. Oh, He's not going to pay a free. He, he's going to be two or three warnings here. So I'll just keep giving him elbows in the back or this kind of stuff. So, the, you know, generally we would like to work with players and manage them and, you know, do that kind of stuff. But at times it's like don't even, don't even warn today. Just take control of that. And first time they step over the line, they lose, they lose that opportunity yeah. based on maybe some priors. The, the, the phone call from Ross Lyon. On the other end, Ballas is more scared of that. So <laughs> yeah, he's that's gonna, true. Okay, no worries. Giving away free kicks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rhett. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep throwing big moments I think you've been involved in just to hear your thoughts on it. 2006, so we're moving forward a little bit. Uh, the Siren Gate game in, in Tassie, you're umpiring. Yeah. Did you hear the siren? <laughs> I thought I heard something. Like I, I, was a bit, I was only on the bench and maybe I heard the timekeeper tap on the, the screen. Right, so no. your emergency or your – I was emergency, so yeah, not out there, but um, thought I heard something and then just saw Fremantle bench move and sort of stand up a little bit. And I was like, you know, what's just happened then? And then, but Saints didn't really move and then just watching the game and then players all started to react a little bit and then Matty Nichols bounced the ball (laughs) and then... Someone scored, didn't they? Then they scored. The scores were level. Game went on for another like 30 seconds. Siren went. 15 seconds. Draw. Draw. Game went on. Someone scored, won the game. Stephen Baker. Yes. Kicked the point, maybe. Kicked the point. Won the game. And ultimately, Saints ended up winning. So you can imagine then that Chris Conley at the time, he's he's like, in that 30 seconds, he's come down from the grandstand to on the ground and he's like, he's not happy. Him and Lenny Hayes have like fronted up to each other and. We're just we're running for the rooms because we, we could sense something had happened. Got yes. to the rooms and Hayden Kennedy, Michael Vozzo, and Matt Nichols. I was like, "What happened then?" And they're like, "No idea." And and someone goes, "The siren went." And we're like, "What?" <laughs> you know. And then just ultimately the chaos that unfolded at the airport post game. Then we all flew back into Melbourne and what was happening at the airport? Oh, just the media scrum mayhem. And, and mayhem. Like I've never seen cameras like it. Trying to get comments out of you blokes. Everyone, yeah, right. just just chaos. Tassie, <laughs> Tassie pulling, up, pulling up the all stops of the media scrum. <laughs> oh, yeah. it was. Everyone in Tassie down to the airport. Yeah. Remarkable moment in time and just, uh, you know, the timekeeper yeah. pressed the button and packed up his stuff and was on his way, not realising the game was still going. <laughs> now, um, I'm, I'm going to have to keep moving through the years here because, I, I, as I said at the start, we've got 25 to get through. So, <laughs> But I feel like this is a really important one for you at least. I, I read a few articles where you speak about it before 2008. Mm. You named All-Australian umpire, best umpire in the land. Yeah. Don't umpire the grand final. What, what's 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 that like? Um, I certainly can't empathise with you. don't know yeah. that, what that would feel like. But being named the best by... Um, 
whoever whoever calls that and then not doing what you're there to do it must be yeah. hard. Yeah, it's uh, it was pretty shattering at the time. Like, uh, obviously, had a really really good season. Um, got all Australian, and they announced it the week before round one of the finals. So got announced at the all Australian dinner and got recognised. And so from that point of view, it was amazing. Mm. Um, and then obviously came the pressure and the expectation that everyone was like, "Oh, you've got the grand final." automatic you know like that was just oh you're going to do the grand final automatically and um week one umpired melbourne st kilda and it was umpired okay probably had like three or four errors nothing too major but just probably enough things to bubble up that maybe you know made the coaches think oh maybe i'm not quite ready and then week two went went a bit better um and then prelim umpired st kilda hawthorne it was a 100-point drubbing. It might have been 80-, 90-point right. drubbing at the G. And late in the game, <clears throat> someone got thrown into the fence and I just did nothing about it. And I just, you know, there's just probably stuff like that that just just concentration or maybe I was thinking about next week too much and the stuff like that and maybe I umpired, yeah, clearly showed or gave them a reason not to pick me and that I wasn't wasn't quite ready to umpire a grand final and and to umpire a grand final, you know, from the AFL to appoint people, it's it's a it's a huge responsibility and it's not something that they hand out lightly and you really have to earn it. Um, so that was a tough lesson, you know, back then. Um, yeah, so but you know, you can sort of sulk all preseason or you know, umpiring is very much you know three guys. Get to do the grand final every year. Yeah, it's cutthroat. So that's ten percent of your less than ten percent of your list. So ultimately, there's a lot of losers every year on our list in some regards. You know, yeah. back then that was the nature of and and how you looked at it. Um, so you know, it was it was tough, but went back to work, and that's all you can do every year, no matter how your season finishes. You know, one final, two finals, three finals. You just come back again next year and try and improve where you feel you need to improve, and ultimately just try and be consistent every week, and ultimately just try and get appointed to one final. Because once you get appointed to one final, you give yourself a chance to be selected for a grand final, and that's how I've really, you know, dealt with it over the years and thought about it. I haven't thought too much about that week to week or finals or grand finals. Just umpire, make the finals panel, and then ultimately give yourself a chance. It's really interesting hearing that. It's, it's you know, what was basically drummed into me as a player, like mm. my whole career was and, – and I don't think people would look at the umpiring fraternity and think the same is thought. But, yeah. you know, as a player, you're trying to make finals mm. and then whoever plays best in finals win, wins the flag. And yeah. it's the same for you blokes yeah. with, with probably a little bit more cutthroat given there's only three people at the end of it. Yeah, well, and, and, it's, and it's very much like that in our home and away decision-making – you know, from contest to contest to quarter to quarter, you know, like one, deci yeah, one, de one decision, one decision there, there good holding the man against you inside 50. You played a few of those, yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get on with it, you know, like you can't worry about that, whether that was right or wrong. Yes. You know, like clearly wrong. Correct. <laughs> I don't think you ever paid a correct fake kick with me involved. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, unless it was in the affirmative, of course, and then it's brilliant umpire in Brett Rosebury. But very rarely did you give it to the defender. Um, that's very good. So you bounce back from that. You clearly use it as some drive uh, 
to to then go on to you know I would say greatness greatness as an umpire. You, you went on a grand final run and yeah. umpire your next grand final the next year. Yeah, '09. Yeah, your first one. Yeah, so I was able to umpire that '09 grand final and take the first bounce and was lucky. It was good one. Well, it was raining all pre-game, so there was a bit about, oh, are we going to bounce or not? And then right. everyone was like, well, you have to bounce the first one. And we're lucky there was a stage. It wasn't the Batmobile, but I'm not that old. I'm not that old. <laughs> Angry but, Anderson. <laughs> but there was a stage covering the centre circle all pre-game, so we're pretty lucky that it was dry and then bounce the first one. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Straight, so uh, it was a good one. And then you got to double up. Got double up. So the drawn grand final. The drawn grand final and then... Got the double paycheck the following week, so nice. that was a wow. good cash bonus the following week. So, that was what a, was that feeling like for umpires at a drawing grand final? We were pretty flat to be honest, and we didn't even win or we don't win or lose, right? right? So I can only imagine what the players were going through. They didn't win or lose, so they would have been flat as pancakes. I know they were. I've spoken to yes. Nick Maxwell and Lee Montana about this, and and we we were flat still on at Thursday. We were like, oh. How are we going to get up for another grand final? You know, we'd got so many pats on the back from the drawn grand final. How good was the umpiring? They umpired so well. Yeah, right. You know, because everyone would think was just happy about the draw. And it was like, we're on a hiding to nothing here. Mm. We we can't go better next week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think we go can go down. better. It can only go worse. So <laughs> when the game blew out, ultimately no one really cares about the umpiring in the grand final when it, the score blows out. So it's a good point. It's, people only care about umpiring in close grand finals. Mm, it's a good were point. You, were you confused at all at the end of that one? Because like even the players were like, unsure of what yeah. was going to happen. No, no, we knew we knew what was the outcome. Had Obviously, you spoken about it before? Well, we speak about the drawn scenario during the finals yeah. because it's always extra time. But when you grand final day, there's no extra time. So um, probably about two minutes to go, it was like, Oof. well, three quarter time we mentioned it. The Sean Ryan and Ray Chamberlain, myself, we were like, oh, could be a draw here, boys, you know. And we just sort of made a bit of a joke about it. And then two minutes to go, it's like, oh, game on here. And literally two minutes of contested footy and just the ball not really moving. And Are you, are you boys able to speak to each other yeah. with Mike? Yeah. How long has that been in for? It's been in for a while, uh, probably since about 04, right. 05. And, yeah. and so how much are you guys speaking? Yeah, all the time. Yep, so all three, four field umpires now, we're all wired up. We're all li- live communication, open mic the whole the whole game. So, yeah, it's it's we couldn't umpire without it. No. Nah. Like literally, so people complain, oh, I don't want to hear the umpires through the broadcast. That's fine. <laughs> yes. We have it on for us because we, we could not umpire without it. There would just be confusion, not knowing who's paid what free kick and stuff like that. It would yeah. It would be chaos. Does the, um, does the AFL listen in on that? 
or is it? Yeah. yeah so right. we're our match day coach. So we've got field umpire coaches yeah. at every game doing our coaching and assessing. There's people in the, the arc that are listening in. There's all the Channel 7 bunker and commentators have a feed to it. And right. and there's someone mixing that, putting it up and down. But our live live feed between the umpires is, is, is all game. So strictly business. You can't like have any... Yeah, chatter in it. No, you need to be really professional about what's being discussed, knowing that there is always someone listening. Mm. Um, and fans used to be able to click in and wire into a particular station really? and listen in, but I'm not sure they can do that anymore. So you went um, you went 9, 10, 10, 11, 12, 13, not sure what you were doing in 14, 15. <laughs> so you had a good run of grand finals, 15. Don't really need to talk about that. <laughs> Too much. Didn't take your chances that no. day. Wow. Windy. I don't think it had anything to do with the umpires, so I'll, nah. I'll give you that credit. <laughs> that <laughs> nah, was, definitely not us that day. That was a <laughs> – yeah, that was a – I mean, that was a blowout from a playing point of view. Yeah. But, you know, through that period as an umpire, umpire a lot of grand finals. Yeah, obviously we're very fortunate. Had a very consistent run and, you know, a lot of those were really close, great grand finals too, you know, so I was very fortunate to – Test yourself ultimately on the biggest stage, being close. So we won't talk about fifteen, but moving a little bit uh, further on, um, this is this is an item I want, to, I want to discuss with you. It happened in twenty seventeen. Um, as an umpire, yes, you got to pay free kicks and you and you've got to adjudicate the game and bounces, but all, also you've got to, um, when required, uh, officiate to the laws of the game when the suspensions required. Yeah. So you suspended me um, one I report, day. Reported so, you. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. You reported me one day. That's yeah. right. The tribunal suspended me. So you reported me one day. The siren had gone. Actually, it was it was after the siren, which is pretty rare to get reported when when there's no play happening. You're going to tell the truth with this story, or well, I'm are just, we getting there? Well, yeah, that that is what happened, isn't it? Oh, was I reported on the spot? You report on the spot. Right. You uh, like, maybe I would, I, maybe I would like you to tell a story. Yeah. So it was <laughs> halftime. I believe it was halftime. Yeah. You and uh, Clayton Oliver at mm. the time came uh, came towards each other. Yes. And um, you moved towards him, and uh, mm. I think you went to uh, use your elbow into his chest, but missed his chest and got him into the jaw. Did I? That's uh, how I saw it, um, right? Your Honour. I was going to say, are we in the tribunal right there? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so we went to the tribunal and your very good QC, David Grace. Good, Gracie. Grilled me. I was the one that had hit someone apparently and uh, <laughs> showed me seven or eight, nine still frame photos of the incident and uh, you sat there not saying anything and I was the one at the tribunal getting grilled for an hour. And in the end, I was like, I actually don't care whether he hit him or not. Like, <laughs> honestly, honestly, seriously, I could not care if he hit him or not. I, what I saw, do what you want. Like, literally, I got to that point and uh, two minutes later, case thrown out, off you went, dismissed. Oh, mate, that is brilliantly <laughs> described. So if I, can take, <clears throat> if I can take it back, <clears throat> I'll pull you up somewhat. I wasn't moving towards anybody. I was standing there <laughs> just trying to get through my – just through the play, this is what I said to the tribunal anyway. Standing there, uh, just getting one of my teammates to look shooey out of the muck. And next thing I know, Clayton Oliver's right in front of me. I'm just trying to go back to my room, the rooms. <laughs> you know, I used my elbow in a forceful manner, yes, okay. to move Clayton out of the way so I could continue my pathway to the rooms. Um, 
Where I hit him, I'm not quite sure. We did spend at least two hours coming up with the term to use, and I do mm. remember what I said because we didn't want to say glanced or yeah. um, you know nudged or, or hit or struck. <laughs> so we used feathered because we felt like feathered inferred quite a soft touch. Yeah. So I feathered uh, Clayton's chin. Yes, I did make contact, but it was a feathering, yeah. if anything. Look, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But you were right there and you reported me on the spot. <laughs> and I remember the tribunal because Gracie had come up with these, you know, I'm going to show him these still slides. Yeah. And then his printer broke during the day. And he was about 20 centimetres from your face with yeah. a black and white blurry image yeah. on a on a like an A7 piece of paper, like a postcard going, <laughs> can you see the yeah. elbow? Like, it was it was like a like a like a trial of Brett Rosemary. Yeah. OJ Simpson. Yeah, the gloves. <laughs> Get him to put the gloves. And on. I was pissing myself laughing because like you were like, mate, I, I actually can't see what you're showing me. I no, don't know. Well, what- he got to slide nine or photo nine, <laughs> but he struck him at photo ten. But there was no photo ten. They, they they didn't go one more. They're like, he's never hit him. I'm like, yeah, because it was. Photo 10. <laughs> it was a funny tribunal. I yeah, probably never lost my cool in that environment very ever. But for some reason, David Grace got under my uh, skin that day. Yeah, you, you wrapped it up, didn't you? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care, mate. Whatever. 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 Whatever you say. Whatever yeah. you say, Mr. Q say. <laughs> are, you, are you aware of what happened post with, with Scoey missing games anyway? So I got, three, I got uh, two weeks, then got off. Sat through four-hour tribunal because you're stuffing around with David Grace <laughs> and, his, and his slideshow. Uh, I had to train the next morning. I did my hammy. Oh, and so I missed. I missed the weeks anyway. So I got off. So I had the moral victory, and then I missed out anyway. It was very good. There you it? go, Karma Bus. Teach you to lie at the tribunal. So I mean, the questions. The question. Yeah, hang on. Okay. Teach you to lie at the tribunal. Okay. okay. So the question I was going to ask: Did I strike him or not? You. You. I felt, thought you did, right. but. You know, well, with we, all the evidence have, in front have, of you, we have seen Clayton also simulate at times. So, with all the evidence in front of you, as you sit here right now <laughs> on the second of February, twenty twenty four, did I strike Clayton Oliver? I stand by what I saw okay, on that day. Thank you very much. Good. Okay, right. you get you are getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Memories hazy. Go I see Specsavers, young boy. Ah, very good. Uh, uh, that, <laughs> that was funny. Um, so that was 2017, 2018. Um, Mate, we appreciate your time here today. So, like I said, we had a lot to get through. We got a little mm. bit left to go, but I think 2018, big year for me personally. We won a grand final premiership. You are back at the on the big big stage. Yeah. Uh, you're back at the grand final. So you went 2015, 2018. So you thought West Coast kind of just aligned well with your form. Uh, yeah, body struggled a little bit after a little bit, and maybe just a little bit of uh, drive. Maybe mm. took a six week. Sabbatical, 2017, went to European summer for six weeks and decided just to take a bit of a break, so knowing that that would cost me finals and potential stuff like that. But I knew at that point, that was 2017, I said to Wayne Campbell, I reckon I'm going to umpire for another 10 years. Like, So I think something like this would be really good. You've done the Damien Hardwick is what you've done, (laughs) isn't it? That's what he's done. So, yeah, I spent – A Kentucky tour. Before he goes to the Gold Coast. wasn't a Kentucky, but I'm not that much of a bogan. (laughs) (laughs) You're from Arbordale. You're a bogan. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, did that and then obviously came back, got back to work and 
obviously something worked and got through and got back to the grand final day. Before we get there, while we're talking about taking breaks, didn't you go to Ibiza in, in the middle of the season one year? Uh, Tel Aviv was, uh, Tel Aviv. was the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, was another Tel Aviv. Lift. How good's Tel Aviv? Unbelievable. Probably not so good at the moment. No, but, yeah, uh, good point. You know, it's yeah. uh, an amazing city. So, so you went in the middle of the year, no one knew. No one knew. I kept it secret for quite a few, quite a few years. We're not revealing it now. No, we? no, it's already been revealed. But I'm no exclusives. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. but uh, yeah, so Hay- Hayden Kennedy was a coach at the time. He was it was mid season break, so we were given a weekend off, yep. and we were given four or five days off. But I needed seven to to really fully recuperate. Yeah, and to get there and back in, <laughs> yeah, <it's quite laughs> in six days. <laughs> And I remember landing back on the Tuesday morning and I was like, oh, I'm going to get to training tonight. And I'd been on the beach for six days tan. tan, come back in <laughs> Melbourne, winter. So there I am thinking, what am I going to do? So long sleeve, beanie, ended up rubbing white zinc all over my body just no. to like rub it in and try right. to bring the tan down a little bit. Which was, <laughs> That's amazing. And then no one, no, no one ever knew. It was a secret between me and a few of my mates. It was mate's birthday and we were all sort of wanting to go away and that was what it was for. That's incredible. So, yeah, it was a, a good little trip. Best I ever heard, Sharon Wellingham went to New York in the Christmas break just because just he wanted to go to New York for Christmas. Like, like We had like a six-day break and went to New York. But <laughs> you're on par with Sharon. So 2018, back at the grand final after a couple of years, uh, not in the grand final. It's a West Coast Collingwood. Great game. Amazing. Amazing yeah. game. And, yeah, like you, you guys obviously jumped them, five goal. They jumped us. Sorry, they jumped you. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, sorry. They jumped you five five goals. Yeah. Head start or kick those first. Yeah. And then you guys just clawed them back. It seemed like the rest of the game was just little moment by moment clawing them back. And then, and then they kicked the first two of the last quarter. Yep. And to be honest, at that stage you thought, okay, they're going to run away with it. Hmm. Did you think that at that time? Yep. Yeah, they kicked the first two straight after three quarter time, and you thought, okay, they've got the run on momentum here. It was interesting though, like. Um, there was, I think there was three kicks in the, in the first three kicks of the last quarter were goals. Yeah. So they kicked, well, maybe that's four kicks, like center clearance, goal. Yeah. Uh, to out of midfield, ham have goal. goal. We got a center clearance, Nathan Vardy marked it, goal. Yeah. So it's sort of almost like within three minutes, there'd been Balance. like three goals, but nothing really happened. Yeah. So we, it was just one of those games for us, but it did come down to the mm. last final few minutes mm. and, it was an interesting point you made before that no one really cares about umpiring in grand finals that there's not a close game, which That's is right. true, right? There's yep. no, it's true. There's nothing on the line. And no one really cares about what happens unless you win, you, the winners. No one's thinking about a, a moment mm. in the 10th in the minute of the last quarter in a game that's done by 10 goals. No. no. So no. those big moments are formed when games are close. No bigger umpiring decision in my career uh, than Dom Sheed from the boundary. And you were the man in charge. Yeah. So, you know, in the moment, didn't even wink at it or think anything about it. You know, like it was just saw all the contests and everything like that and just honestly didn't think much about it at all. And like that's just how for umpiring it's instinctive. If you see an infringement, you'll pay it. And um, I still look back at it now and I can see why it's, it's debated. I can completely see why. Depends which side of the fence you sit on as to whether you think it's right or it's a wrong decision. Um, and it's a bit one of those ones I look at and I can I could justify it both ways. And mm-hmm. that's the nature of umpiring in some regards. Some of the decisions do sit in that grey grey bucket and 
do they come down to moments in games or how does how do you umpire? Were you consistent on that during the day? You know, there would have been lots of similar contests and, you know, feathered actions, <laughs> you know, like, like blocks or bumps or, um, you know, inside 50. Yes. Every marking contest that are not infringements. How many free kicks would you have – would you what, what, what sort of average free kicks you would pay on a – uh, oh, let's call it 30, 30 a game or yeah. something like that. So, so it's it's not the first time your whistle's gone to your mouth or not gone to your mouth, right? Yeah. You're making but, decisions every second. So we, we blow it 30 times. Yeah. But ultimately we're making hundreds of non-decisions, yeah. you know, that don't go into the stats. Yeah, that's a good point. So we, we make hundreds, probably even a thousand non-decisions over a course of the game between all the umpires. Every time there's a tackle, I've probably made three or four, five, six, ten different decisions Every time there's a tackle, that's how complex tackling and holding the ball is. Like our brain is computing so many aspects of decision-making to ultimately end on, play on. But and you, Yeah, you know, and every time then there's a, there's a hundred tackles. Again. Yeah, so marking contests is similar now. There's lots of players that are in the area and jostling and there's contact and, you know, so yeah, I, I completely understand the debate on that one. And Can we have a quick look at it? All right. Yeah. Let's let's have a look. What do you reckon? So Liam Ryan marks on the wing. You're running through the middle of the ground. I'm assuming. Uh I'm the end zone. As it comes in. Yeah. To be what, honest, it's probably more of a play on call. Is you know, like <laughs> to be honest, I look at it, and I think, oh, I've missed Dom Sheep play on, but people not really talk about more so about that. Uh, and that would be definitely. Now, but five years yeah, on the maybe not the, yeah, uh, the just, interpretation of play ons changed a bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. Um, yeah, look, you can see uh, Rioli there. He's probably in the drop zone. About is he about to mark the ball in some regards that probably helps him, and then Sheed comes in and yes. takes the other mark. So that you know, that's we see that happen all the time where there's players in the drop zone. There's you know they taking the the drop zone space, mm. and someone else comes over the top, and they don't touch the ball or mark the ball. So, you know, that happens in games lots. I thought it was a brilliant piece of umpire, Brett, to be, to be honest, if you like my opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, I, thought it I didn't need to ask you what you thought outstanding about oh, To be honest, I thought you might have said it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say, so um, I'll do a couple of sportsman's nights around town and, and I you do get a mention because, uh, yeah, I say uh, just to rile up Collingwood crowns basically. <laughs> I, I say Maynard was blocked. <laughs> she played on. He's never kicked a goal like that in his life. He had his eyes closed. You know, he's hoped for the best and has gone through the goals. Tell them everything they want to hear. Doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, you know, Brett Rose's whistle, and we don't get to see him have a shot. So thank you very much, Brett Rose. Yeah. But it, it's a. It is. Uh, I think really interesting from a. Oh, your point of view, right? Um, if someone asked me about a kick that I did in any game I ever played in, I couldn't even whether I missed, whether I hit the target, whether I. Mm was kicking it short or long, whether I was the man on the mark, whether I was going to step in. Yeah. That, that's a decision for you, right? Oh, and like our job is incredibly difficult because we don't umpire in slow-mo replays, you know. Mm. We don't umpire in still photos. We, it's instinctive. It's 360 degree. One second I'm in a perfect decision-making spot. Next second I'm in a shocking spot because you turn away and I can't see what you've done with the ball. All of a sudden I'm blindsided, you know, and that's not – no fault of me. It's just the nature of how dynamic this great game is. Um, and, you know, we are so instinctive and we live and die by 
ultimately our good ones, our bad ones, and the ones that are up for debate. So living and dying by the sword, stand by the stand by the decision, um, non-call. Oh, like in the moment, like I don't have an opportunity to take it back or change it. You know, like so all I can go is in that decision making. I didn't flinch. I didn't think about even oh that's a free kick. So mm. in my mind, like that's it didn't stand out. If I thought it was a free kick, I would have paid it like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. There's the answer. Sucked in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> no, Brett didn't say that. <laughs> now, uh, do you guys review the grand final? Because as players, like playing mm. in uh, two of them, yeah. like they're, it's like a bit of a, yeah. yeah. Like, is it the same? It's a bit of a like, it, oh, here's some plays, but also like. Yeah. It, it is a little bit. I know the coaches review it. I know I've watched them. And you might see it at the pub the next day. Umpires do it. We do our mad Monday on a Sunday. We're so, you know. Modern with it, the umpire's mad Monday. We do it on a Sunday. Silly Sunday. Silly Sunday, yep. So um, generally it's on the screen of the pub or you'll see it replayed for the bits. So you, I'll watch bits of it, but it's not I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I've like gone down and watched replay in every every game and moment like I would do yes. in a home and away analysis and watch back your performance. There's something about that grand final day and moment that that's the end. and Yeah. Where am I going? Like, you know, I'm I'm out of here. Like, it's parked it. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Like you can't change anything, and yeah. it's like, okay, see you in six weeks, yeah, and we'll be back again next year. And you know, like, of course, there's things that will come up on the coaching. Like we've just reviewed the final series, yeah, in these weeks back as a group in Melbourne, and we've gone through lots of decisions from the final series when all the umpires are back. So, because during the finals, it's just the finals and it's a bit like um, Survivor. So, you know, there's 16 one week and then the next week there's there's only eight yeah. and the next week there's, there's – There's a bunch of them sitting around with torches. <laughs> torches. Couple of blind sides. Come as the AFL puts out your torch. And Couple of blind sides. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much the umpiring panel during the final series. That's Could good. make a show out of it. Could be quite yeah. funny actually. So you go up there and put out Razor Rays. <laughs> His, his light. Uh, very good. Tribe has spoken. Tribe has spoken. <laughs> it's pretty much like that. Um, and then we're all which must be brutal. I'm having a laugh. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. You know, like it's <clears throat> every umpire wants to do the grand final. Every umpire thinks they're good enough to do the grand final. Maybe not every year, but over the course of their career, that you know, we've got 16, uh, 16 umpires that make the finals panel. You know, under a four umpire system, and every single one of those is like. I'm a chance to umpire the grand final. Hmm. So that's a lot of disappointed. That's 50% of your list is is shattered yep. ultimately. That's how much our guys and girls love umpiring AFL footy and they want to umpire on the biggest stage. That's that's why, why you do it. That's a little hidden benefit of the four umpire system. Yeah. Someone else definitely, is getting rewarded yeah. for a season. No doubt. Extra, you know, everyone gets an extra final hmm. across the game. So from a development and more experience and growth, yes. And then ultimately – Four people get to experience mm. and the opportunity to umpire on grand final day. So definitely, uh, and we saw that this year, two debutants. They've not run two debutants in a grand final since uh, 2003, I think. And uh, that's what it was this year? Yep. So That's pretty cool. So two out of the four were, were first-time grand final umpires. Because it's a, a real <laughs> focus right now to, to develop the umpire fraternity. Yeah. Excuse me. <clears throat> to, to develop what you guys are doing, to get more people, girls and guys, yep. up to the – 
yeah. to, to its quality, right? For sure. The, the growth of the game with girls' footy and women's footy across the country has exploded, mm. and that's why there's short, shortage of umpires. It's not because everyone can't tolerate the abuse or what's happening at community. Community groups are great. The camaraderie at local umpiring groups is amazing. Mm. Great bunch of people, amazing fun times, real social aspect. Um it's just the growth of the game has completely exploded. And the and numbers. And the numbers, and that's why there's a call at the moment is to start the, the season coming up here is, you know, if you're a young umpire out there, come back and take it up again. We want you back. And if you're an ex-footballer or you love the game of footy, you want to be a goal umpire, banner umpire. If you're a runner and you love running, come be a banner umpire. If you like just being involved, there's lots of goal umpiring opportunities around the amateur leagues and stuff like that where they need more umpires. So, you know, there's there's so many different layers. You know, if you're an ex-player and you still love the game and you love your local footy club, come and umpire. Like, how, how, I, far, I, how far past it are we talking? Yeah, like, no, nah, I, I reckon you're a chance. Too far over the hill. I, I said this to a runner. I said this to I Dino. Yeah, true. Used to be a runner. Used to yeah. be. That's a key word. Used. Maybe community umpiring round this week will get you out there. Okay. Get you out there. I'll, Maybe I'll, that's a challenge. I wouldn't turn it down. But I think, you know, like, I always say, give it a go, and I guarantee you'll be like, oh, that was actually good fun. Mm. That was actually better than I expected. It wasn't complete train wreck, what I, what I was expecting. You know, like you, I guarantee anyone that gives it a go will, will love it and realise oh, how good it is. You get fit, you involved, great seat in the house, but ultimately get paid too. You know, a lot of these young kids running around earn, earn good money in the, in the community. You'd That's love good. the power too, I reckon. Been out there just. How'd you go with your back backwards running? Like I reckon you might struggle with that. That's I, like it's funny you say that. Look, it's never come, it's never come on the podcast. I was the fastest backwards runner at West Coast. <laughs> I'm not come joking, on. mate. We we Mix would often, up and run. I'll tell you this: Lewis Jetta was second. Like we used to race. We we're, were very bored at Sages, man. Jets. We used to race. <laughs> so this wasn't an organised race. It's just the boys right, getting just, together. Just. just <laughs> <laughs> boys doing boys things, running backwards, like trying to race each other. I'm a quick, quick backwards guy, yeah. I'm backwards okay. man. Yeah. Well, I run the tan sometimes and occasionally you, these people will run up and they'll start running backwards past oh you. And we're like, these guys taking the piss? But no, they're actually just running backwards. Do you ever run backwards? No. <laughs> like at, on an oval, well, well, but not around, around not, the not, not around the tan in <laughs> Melbourne, <laughs> like on a tan track. So this dude, this dude started running backwards past us and we're like, is this guy just – Putting shade on us. What was, yeah. he, what was he doing? No, he was just practicing backwards running. Maybe he thought it's it was good for his calves. That's incredible yeah. stuff. Um, we've probably got to wrap this up at some point. <laughs> you, 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 um, you, 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 you umpired the grand final over here. Mm. Like it may, given yeah. the deal the MCG has in place, it may be the only grand final out of yeah. um, Victoria in the next 100 years. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Obviously, COVID years and it had been locked down, jump yeah. border and border and border and literally 21 days quarantine straight to get into Perth. Because um, our mate Mr. McGow- McGowan reset yeah. us when we arrived, uh, he, even though I'd already done seven days straight locked in a hotel room in Queensland with police guard, but we got reset when we arrived. So we ultimately did 21 days Jeez. quarantined um, and then had wow. a few days off before the grand final. But yeah, like amazing experience to be able to do a grand final here. My 90 year old grandma got to come to the game and experience the AFL grand final for the first time. So and watch me umpire ultimately. So. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a really special times, and you know it's something I will treasure to be able to say I umpired the the one and only AFL grand final. Did Max Perth. go and try to give you a high five during that game? <laughs> yeah, I've said this story, Max. He's funny, 
funny character. And I've done some charity work with Max outside. So, you know, having a little bit of relationship. And Melbourne had kicked a goal late in the game and clearly they, they'd won the grand final and he's running back through half back and he's run up to me and goes, come on, Brett, get up and about. And he's tried to high five me as he's running past me and I'm literally just <laughs> getting out of the way. I'm like, so you completely Max. burnt him. Yeah, I completely burnt him. Oh, Max, what are you doing? Like literally imagine imagine the vision of me high five. <laughs> oh, my winner, my I think. God. Max gone as Melvin's just kicked a goal. Was that Max? No, we can't do that. <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen? It would just be a oh, silhouette man. of you two high five. It could be iconic. I mean, you'd probably never umpire again in your life. <laughs> It may have been like one of those moments, you know, like mm. the, the umpire. You could have been used across, you know, umpires around every, every year. Yeah, no, It'd be the we, same as the mark. We can't, yeah. Yeah, we can't be mark. doing that. <laughs> it would have been iconic. Like Peter yeah. Carey, he, he retires after marking the footy. Brett Rosebury wearing the number eight, retires after high-fiving the All captain right, of the right. Maybe I, Who should I high-five this year when they kick a goal? All right. Set me a challenge. Mate, Oscar <laughs> Allen, West Coast. <laughs> Can't be West Coast. <laughs> oh, okay. Max Gorn. <laughs> yeah, come on. I'll right, give Max a little low five. I'd like if, if we're going to track this, Nick, <laughs> we put in the notes. We're tracking. We're on Roseby Rose Watch. All right. Let's see how we go. Uh, very good. What was I like? Do you, do you have any memories of me other than reporting me against Clayton Oliver? Or was it just another No, nah, you're, you're a pretty angry face. But no. like, unless you, you're just angry face all the time, like very serious. Most backmen are, though. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the. Part of what, what you meant to do. Not much chat. I was trying to think of interaction. No, I, I don't think so. If there was, I would probably not have said much back. No. Like I I wouldn't have known you that well. Like no. so for me to have a little bit of banter with someone, I would more than likely have had to have had a bit more of a longer, you know, relationship or, you know, experience umpiring them. Yeah. So yeah. I'll Go. tell you. Oh, I've got one more. I don't know if we're going into social in, in a sec, but I was thinking about umpire descent and um, how you adjudicate whether or not you want to give a free kick mm. or if there's just – obviously when they first brought it in, it was pretty black and white. It was, you know, but now it seems like you can yeah, sort of pick and choose. Yeah, it's a, no, it's not pick and choose, but it's evolved to a, a, a spot that I think clearly we went real hard on it because we needed to and we, we were seeing vision of – I'd pay a free kick and you'd have three defenders surrounding you all <laughs> wanting an explanation, you know, using their arms surrounding and this intimidation type look that you see in soccer. Yeah. And it was a really poor look and it just needed to go. And it wasn't the fact that I would explain my decision to one defender, but then you'd have defender two, three and four all demanding an explanation. So and I was like, I was like, I was like, what is going on here? Like, where have we, where's this all come from? And so that's part of the background of why that came in. And then, then there's that, you know, clear descent in the umpire's face yeah. that trickles down to junior footy. Like, so that's the role the AFL also has. It we had to send that strong message down around. You can't be abusing umpires. It's not part of the game. Um, respect the umpire. They'll make a decision. Get on with it. Get on. Play the game. Like it's. Umpiring's not going to be perfect, mm. so. And you still, you still are like. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you still want the interaction because it makes your job yeah, yeah. Oh, easier. Yeah. You want to be yeah, able yeah. to have a discussion with the player. Oh, you want to be able to talk about things, right? There, you don't want just yeah. whistle, shut up. I don't want to talk no, to you. No, no, and, and it's there, right? You yeah. know, and but you can see players checking themselves now. Or you can see players like, oh, you know, and then they'll come over. We're okay for a conversation, but come to us in the right way or mm. the right moment of the game. You know, we're trying to set Jeremy Cameron up on a shot, left foot hook, got 
10 players on a protected area and I've got three defenders going, what was that for? Why was it the defenders? You know. Why like, the defenders? You know, they're the only ones who play the freeze against Yeah, that. correct. <laughs> correct. But um, it's – so, you know, so I think we've got to a good place last year. We didn't see much at all. Like, nah. it, it really went out of the game. But players, like anything, they react to what we allow and what we don't allow real quick. Mm. So when they know we're going to be paying freeze for them swearing at us or intimidation type in our face, they stop it, you know. And 50-meter penalty is such a big penalty that their, their coach will be oh, yeah. not very happy with them. Um you know, especially if it results in a goal or a turnover or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's in a good place and hopefully it continues in that space and and helps the junior umpires in, in a lot of space because, to be honest, I couldn't care if someone abuses me like at AFL, but it's more about what it does. Yeah, um, trickle down, you know, yeah. Trickle down effect and yeah. stuff like that. But, yeah, there's still, there's still time for banter and still room for education at times. It's hard to always educate. Um or always explain. Um, that's what this time of the year is mm. is good for when we're at clubs explaining and educating. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think it's a pretty good mm. relationship. You know, what would you say the relationship great. between the umpires? I'll, yeah, like it's better than what people think it is, right? No, it's great. Yeah. Uh, my only like, uh, yeah, I used to complain about getting free kicks against, but I don't think <laughs> I ever made it personal. No. But no. I was like, I'd, I'd kick, like kick and scream about all sorts of shit. I'd be, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't a personal thing at, no. at you, Brett Rosebury, or no. it was the decision. It was probably the fact that I was pissed off with myself that it was a free kick, like in the end. Yeah. Um, no, but, no, I don't think I've ever taken anything personal. No. I think that's what you've got to do as an umpire. Don't take anything personal. You know, people are white line, heat of the moment. It can, things. I would Things say happen. 95, 98% of players are all pretty good blokes and like there's some some get on the field and lose their shit a bit. That's, a, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. uh, mate, we're going to wrap this up because yep. um, we appreciate your time. 508 games, uh, most in history. Nine grand finals, second most in history. Stevic's got you, but you're doing well. I hope you've got some more ahead of you, mate. It's Thanks been a really man. interesting chat. Could sit here and chat to you about this stuff all day. I did want to finish on this. Um, just to just to highlight how old you are, father and sons, you have umpired. Do you do you know how many there are? I don't know how many. But I was going to say how many. You I'm going to say there's at least probably twelve to fifteen. Well, I've got I- seven in front of me. Oh, okay. Do you think do you think it's twelve to fifteen? Well. I, I thought Swamp might have helped you out. I'm well, not sure. I asked Swamp for a few things. He didn't quite so we can start me. with. So I'll say the fathers where I can. Uh, Tony Liberatore and Tom. Yes. Um, Adrian Fletcher. And Jasper. Marcus Ashcroft. And Will. Um, Gavin Brown. And Callum. And was it two and, Browns? Yeah, there's a second yeah. Brown, yeah. Um, oh, there's so many. Uh, Scott West. Oh, and yeah, correct. Riley, right. Riley, Riley West. West. There's you Bulldogs have, have got a few. Um, uh, Luke Darcy. And Sam. Uh, oh, you go. Help me out. Uh, Carlton player. We spoke about him earlier on. Oh, my God. Uh, he got knocked Princess out by. Park. Got milled. Oh, Silvani, yes. So, yep. Jack, Jack Silvani, yeah. Silvani. Uh, and today, the Eagles, I, uh, so the young rookie, uh, Dewar. Yes. So, I used to play footy with his dad. Yes. He was in my, my, <laughs> my footy team at Armadale when we were just together. The umpire, Derek Hall. Derek Hall, uh, yeah. So there's- Clay Hall's just signed on with West Coast. i got one more in front of me. Brownlow medalist. Um, Brownlow medalist, he played with two teams. He played with Collingwood with his second team. He won a Brownlow with a different team. No. Yes, that's right. 
He won a brown though with Melbourne. Oh, Woe Woden. Shane Woe Woden with Taj. Oh, yes, I do see all these young kids get drafted and <laughs> just be like, oh, not another one. It's literally it's. <laughs> it's uh, bloody cool. I think it's great, mate, to see this yeah. sort of generation you've you've uh, you know gone over. So that's the end of the interview. Did you have fun? Thanks, guys. Social media. Before we finish, this is from the people for you. You've heard enough from Dan and I. I'm going to go ask a couple of questions from the people because they were interested to hear a couple of things. Rapid fire it. Yes, no's, whatever you like. Dan, take us away, mate. Oh, you want to start from the top? Sure, mate. From Robbo uh, Gray. Nah. No, that's a, uh, RW. To, mate, you're going to ask me my first car. Someone's told me the first car one you have to ask. Thanks to Fleet Network driving, driving the podcast in 2024. <laughs> Thank you very much. What was your first car? Well, confirmed for you that I was a bogan. Uh, VL Commodore. Oh, oh, yes. So the white VL Commodore with pursuit rims. Was, <laughs> so with good. what? The pursuit rims. You know the. I, you don't even know what they are. No, they're no. They're too young. Are they, do they, <laughs> they, they spin? The, the dot ones. Oh, the dot around. ones. Yeah. VL Commodore. VL Commodore. Very was a cool car. car. It was a cool car. That's awesome. Um, yeah. uh, dubster. Uh, what's the most satisfying signal to do? I.e. holding the ball, deliberate, etc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably like. Deliberate out of bounds, really, because the crowd—the big wind up, the, the wind up—or <laughs> it's not even—it's the one where they're all calling for it, and you start running to the boundary line, and then you just say, "Throw it in." Uh, yes, <laughs> where they're all thinking you're going to pay deliberate, but you <laughs> just give them the fake pump. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can answer this. I'm up abspin. Uh, which player or team did you dislike umpiring the most? Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. Duck Sean. Duck Sean. Oh, here we go. Which ground did uh, you dislike going to the most because of one-eyed supporters that gave it to the umpires? Oh, the ground. Oh, which was the toughest or worst place to umpire? Princess Park was tough in the day. Yeah. Like, I, like definitely tough at that ground. For the amount of people, I've heard it was hectic. Yeah, like especially coming off there the old race there was you'd walk parallel with the fence so the fans could ultimately reach over and touch you and there was no <laughs> no fencing back then so that <laughs> was always fun cloudy 91 uh what was the best sledge you received from a player or from the crowd best sledge from the crowd scotty cummings told me one day i was umpiring it was a practice game of the eagles and i, and I was 18 and obviously i was 19 got on the afl I was doing a preseason game, and he was like, "You need to go back to school. You're too young." <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, <laughs> did you didn't tell him about his weight back the other way? Did you? <laughs> nah, no, not quite. Yeah. Uh, John Dawson, uh, did you ever work at the Crown Casino? No, can't okay. say I have. Got a doppelganger, maybe. Really? Okay, maybe. Any players? Uh, this is Groovy Four. Uh, which player gave the most lip? Most lip. Oh. There's a current player that's probably still there, but I won't name him. Can't do be, a current one. Can't do a current <laughs> one. That's, for some reason, we just seem to clash still. I don't know why. don't know what they did to him. Uh, back in the day, oh, I don't know. No one's – Do you ever review stuff like Dougie Hawkins? Like, it wouldn't – those – that player versus umpire relationship. Not that old. I'm not I'm – not No, obviously I'm, you didn't umpire that, Dougie Hawkins, but you would have seen the type of players, players giving lip like that. Yeah, like there's none of those uh, – Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson or Brian Taylor going crazy in front of the umpires. Like someone like Martin Pike, not not abusive, but like probably one of the best characters that you ever got to umpire. And he was the kind of guy who was like, if I abuse you today, 
just tell me to fuck off. And I swear. <laughs> yeah, I was, of course. Yeah. yeah, just tell me to. Yeah, because I'll I'll respect that and I'll react and be like, okay, no worries. But if you like try and manage me. I'll just keep going. So you'd have that. You'd have a pre-chat with you. Just say, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm about yeah. to lose my shit here. Yeah. <laughs> just so if, you, when, if I go off you today, because you're like one of these guys, most amazing guys, chatty before the yeah. game. And you say, if I'm going off of you today, just tell me. You know. <laughs> like <laughs> That's that. That's uh, The last one, Eggman. Uh, how do you like your eggs? Um, scrambled, scrambled eggs, man. Is that right? Yep. It's right. good to hear. Yep. Backchat double Easy. underscore. Find us on socials. Backchat studios.com.au. You know what to do there. Driven by Fleet Network this year. All of our other sponsors, you know who you are. You're doing great things. We're just firming things up with a few people at London, Dan. So, uh, <laughs> everyone else, backchatpodcast.com.au. Brett Rosebury, mate. Thank you very much for your time today. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you.